The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Welcome to the BS Report. A chilly Monday here in Southern California. Uh, one of us is happy and one of us isn't. I'm very happy. It, it had a great weekend. I really enjoyed the weekend. It was the second best Patriots playoff non-Super Bowl win of uh, of my lifetime. Tom Brady gained the championship belt back in the Brady versus Manning rivalry. And uh, the Patriots advanced to the AFC championship game. On the flip side, the Cuz um, lost a devastating that no other no other word to call it a devastating playoff game in Green Bay. He's in Texas right now. I'm surprised you've held up this well. How are you? I had to fly out here to uh commiserate with my fallen fans there. Uh yeah, I woke up in Texas. We're actually here for the national championship game. But um yeah, I I wanted to forget about the call and everything for a few hours, then I woke up here and I realized, oh, this is all anyone wants to talk about, so right back into it. Very, very sad. Very sad right now. It's too bad you don't have a big Snapchat presence. Snapchat's um, this thing that it's basically for people under 25 right now, although I'm yeah. sure that's going to change. But if you had a huge Snapchat audience, you could just send them all a text and say, I'll be at this corner at 1230. And I'm ready to hug all the Cowboy fans. Just go oh, really? and just hug yeah. one Cowboy fan at a time. They'd all show up. Oh, interesting. I could do that. You can still do, maybe do that on Twitter. Yeah, just give them a street location. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the call first. Uh, it was very much like the, the, the tuck rule in that it was the right call, but it's a horrible rule. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Look, here's the thing. I listened to our podcast last week, and I, I, I come off as a, a raving lunatic, even more so than normal, uh, defending the Cowboys against the, Li- the Lions call and everything. So I really yeah. don't want to go too crazy on this because I'll tell you, because the Cowboys don't necessarily win the game if they score there, you know, like it's, no. Rodgers is going up against a prevent Rod Marinelli defense, and uh, I, I'm confident he takes them down and probably kicks a field goal, which, depending on if the Cowboys have the two-point conversion, either wins the game or ties it or scores. So I, I'm, I'm uh, realistic when it comes to that. But here's the thing about the call. I, I, there's a lot of wrong things about football. There's the domestic violence issue. There's uh, there's the concussion problem. There's going to be a, a big steroid issue coming up and so, so the one thing you shouldn't take away from the fan really from from the fan's perspective is is the interesting exciting play like don't take that away from the fan so i think the league needs to move backwards work backwards from here and say like all right this is a des catch what do we have to write how do we have to make the rules so that that's a catch like work right. backwards from there like you could take 30 drunken steps with the ball and get shoved in the back and really take like 10 or 12 more steps and then fall forward. And if the tip of the ball hits the ground, it's, it's a, it's an incomplete pass. It's, it's outrageous. And meanwhile, like a guy gets two feet barely in bounds and possesses the ball for a 10th of a second. And it's a catch. Like it, it doesn't jive. There it, it, it needs to be a, there needs to be a common rule there. And like, we, we don't, do we want to, you know, we want to talk about going through the process and making a football move and natural motions, or do we want to reward an athletic catch like that? Like, what, what do we want to do? We want to root for red flags or great catches, right? So I guess the reason they have that rule, I'm, I'm, this is a guess, is that if it's just – it always used to be in my head when I was growing up that it was if you held the ball for two steps, then it was a fumble after that. 
So maybe they don't want as many fumbles or whatever. But the part that bothered me with the Dez thing, and the reason I, I, I actually thought you could have made a case it shouldn't have been overturned, he caught it. He took the two steps. He saw the goal line. He kind of lunged for it for a second and then realized he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. I, I feel like anything around the goal line where even the guy is hinting that he's going to try to stretch out for it should should be looked at a tiny bit differently. Yeah, I Does that make too. sense? Yes. When we talked about this a few weeks ago with the pylon rule, it's like everything yeah. down there is very way too strict. Like, you know, you slam the ball down on a pylon and it jars loose and you lose the ball. You, you get all the way down to the quarter inch line. It's just, it's too much. It's not, it's not in the spirit of the game. It's not good. You, the best way to describe the Des catch, he made an unbelievable catch. He yeah. took two steps. He turned. He took his third step and was thinking about lunging for the goal line and stopped as he was lunging for it because he realized he wasn't going to make it. The ball dislodged a tiny bit, but he never really lost it. And that was it. I mean, it was a catch. I think he caught the football. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fact that they're saying that wasn't a catch means like we might be looking at this stuff a little too closely at this point. Definitely. And let's go by what 99% of those in sports bars yesterday thought. Did they all look at each other in silence and say, well, this needs to be reviewed because he clearly dropped. No, it's like, oh, my God, that is a great catch. And, and, then, and then the shock, you know. Well, Rob, it robbed you of, one, of a great Cowboys moment. Yeah. Um, and if you win the game, I think that catch becomes a legendary catch because it was really a catch that I think like three guys in the entire league can make. Right. I agree with you that I think Rodgers comes down and probably scores and you lose anyway. But it, but who knows? Would have been nice. Maybe to you see. tip a pass. Maybe yeah. you strip him. Like you, you, you know, hey, Rogers did. It kind of the the catch kind of uh, pushed the spotlight away from how good Rogers was in the second right. half. He was lights out. He couldn't even move. He was, and I, and like I said, that's why I don't want to make too much of this catch. Other than that, they should change the rule in the off season because it's a bad one. But. Uh, should have been up 17-7 at half. We missed the field. You blew the halftime. You blew it. Apart. I don't know what happened there. but And, and, the, and the play it. before, on the fourth and one, we blew a timeout. We should have been up at the line anyway. That was bad. The Murray fumble was bad. He apparently had, you know, nothing but daylight ahead of him. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the fact that, like, Rod Marinell, like, with the, really played pre-event defense the third and fourth quarter. Like, I understand the plan going into the game. You know, you have all these receivers to cover and stuff. Everyone can get open on a five-yard slant. But once you see Rodgers is not mobile at all, you yeah. have to get in there. You have to split Skandrick three times a game. You you know, you do that against a mobile quarterback and uh, not doing anything. Just let him pick everyone apart. It was bad. I hated it, and I thought you got outcoached. Yeah. And especially the end of the first half, 14-7, third and one, um, just a total botching all the way around mm-hmm. where – I forget what at third and one you try to throw deep. Yep. Yeah, and we then, went deep. Yeah, right. And then fourth and one. I, first of all, third and one, just Murray twice. He's going to get a yard on one of the two carries, and then the, there's no way the Packers get the ball back at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. And you're going to kick a field goal. You're up 17-7. You just got to look at it like it's 14-7. We need a yard. If we get the yard, we're going to be up 10 points at halftime. Yep. At least, possibly 14 so I, I thought that was a really bad omen when they messed that up. All of a sudden, it was fourteen ten at halftime, nice. and then uh, you know people were complaining a little bit about uh, the throwing deep to Dez on that fourth and two, which is basically the game. 
it almost worked, I guess, would be would be the argument for it. But it's hard for me to believe that was your best play on fourth and two. You kind of went for the kill when you didn't have to because all that does you going for the kill is it's going to give the Rodgers the ball back with four and a half minutes left. Yeah, but I think – I don't know even know that that was the, 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 his main target there. Everyone else was covered. Uh, you know, Witten underneath would have been the, the, the go-to guy, but he was covered. Uh, Williams was covered after I watched the replay a bunch. I don't think I, I wouldn't have. I would have been bummed if they ran there and it was close and it was stuffed or just short or something. But you know, he he thinks he can trust Des, and you throw it up like that more times than not. It's gonna, yeah, you're gonna be a pass interference or or a catch. Or not 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 what we saw there. Not not the new the new NFL where you have to catch the ball. You have to bring it home. You have to put it on your mantle. You have to go get it appraised. You have to uh, you have to take it through college, and then you have to th- put it through therapy, and then you show the referee. If you still have it, twelve years later, they grant you a reception. Yeah. You know, um, Flacco made a similar decision on Saturday. Yeah. That was an irrational confidence. I'm Joe Flacco, and it's the playoffs, and I don't care if there's two guys on Torrey Smith right now, and that I don't totally need to make this throw at this point of the game. That was the pick. I'm, the I'm Joe Flacco, and I'm going to make this play. Yeah, and that was a mistake. You I respect Joe Flacco. I thought he was great in that game, but that the first interception wasn't his fault. McCordy just made an unbelievable play. Like he, mm-hmm. it was just an awesome play by McCordy. The second interception was his fault. It's funny, and I'm uh, fully ready to switch to your game right now. But uh, let's do it. You're, you're, I really think both Brady and Flacco read your Joe Flacid column. I mean, talk about playing possum, Brady takes back-to-back sacks, gets him out of field goal range. They go down 14. He yeah. throws the ball at Gronkowski's feet, and then he says, watch watch what I do here. Watch, I'm going to throw 50 times, and not for one second are you going to think we're running the ball, and we're, I'm still going to embarrass you. That was a classic Brady performance. Unbelievable. Well, how about we we don't run the ball at all? We have literally no running game. It's just a zero for running game. We'd be a <laughs> solid F as a grade. I think he and had we, more yards. Right? Brady had like seven, right? And then there were right. We don't run the ball, and we don't touch Flacco the whole game, except for the one time when we got him and he fumbled, but it got called back for the Revis pass interference. Mm-hmm. They ran for 129 yards with four set. Flacco threw four touchdowns, and the Patriots still won. Amazing, yeah. It's and not that, to mention, I thought they could, if Revis doesn't get called for that, and I guess he should have, even, even though Steve Smith did, was able to fully complete his move, whatever he was trying to do, but... If they recover that fumble, I think you win like forty-five twenty-eight. Mm. I think it's not even close at that point. But. Brady was, you know, he threw one bad pass the whole game. He grounded. He grounded a few. Mm. He especially like after McCourty got the interception when it was twenty-eight twenty-eight. It felt like we were just going to roll him, and then Brady had a really bad series, mm-hmm. and I started to get nervous again. I got nervous like thirty-eight times in that game. Yeah, um, but. We or maybe it was twenty eight twenty one. I f- I forget what it was. I can't, I can't remember what happened. There. Oh no, it was thirty one twenty eight. Twenty eight twenty eight. Then it was thirty one twenty eight. Then we had the ball, and with about ten minutes left, it became clear that if we didn't score on that drive and take the lead, or tie the game, Baltimore was winning. Right. We had to score on that drive, and he went down, and he had one of his best drives in a long time. And I'll tell you, like he really needed that game. I I don't. We've won playoff games over the last seven, eight years, but we never, we haven't won a game like that in a while. I think the last time we won a game like that in the playoffs was San Diego in two thousand, January two thousand seven. Yeah. So he needed that for just for his whole legacy. He needed it. Um, 
and then the Patriots needed it. And now the Patriots are in a really good situation here because I, I don't understand what Denver did tonight. Did you watch the Denver game or were you I, flying? I was flying and uh, checking scores on the play. I was updating everybody. When looking at the stats, it didn't look like the two quarterbacks were too much different. But from what I saw in the first quarter, and you know, Manning was just overthrown. He'd take the snap and just toss it up, and you knew it was being overthrown by 10 yards. Like he, Manning was awful. I, I, there was some stat. It was like passes more than five yards. He was six for 19 or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it's the Colts. The Colts just uh, they just said throw deep, please. It was right. it was it was like watching how people defend like Josh Smith in basketball, where they just Josh Smith is behind the three point line, like hey, you you can have that anytime you want. Yeah, and I felt like that's what Indy did with Manning. They just didn't think he could throw deep on him and throw fade routes and do all the stuff he used to be able to do. Yeah. Um, well, now he has said, a torn quad. Did you see that? It just kind of came out. Yeah, I think he made that up. Really? Wow. No, I'm <laughs> That's great. We did this with Aaron Rodgers, and we had a nice little joke of it, and it ended up biting me in the ass. That would be great. How, how funny would it be if Manning, Manning made up the injury? No, it's, <laughs> he, he was – we thought he was hurt. Yeah. I mean, that was the reason to pick the Colts in that game. I stupidly took Denver. I just thought – Let me tell you the reason. The Colts were good. The reason to take the Colts in the game is because yeah. all three home teams had covered earlier. And, we, you know – you say one has nothing to do with the other. It's been 12 years now since all four home teams won this round. 12 well, you years. had that, but you also, you texted me in the morning, and you were like, everybody loves the Cowboys, and the and the Broncos line just moved a point and a half. Broncos went from seven to nine and a half by kickoff. Oh, two and a half points, yeah. yeah. That's not good. Yeah. You know why it's not good? Because people always lose at gambling. That's why oh, yeah. there's Gamblers Anonymous, and that's why there's a ton of casinos. Yeah, right. But I thought Denver coached a terrible game. I thought Indy outcoached them. They outcoached the pants off them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do not understand why C.J. Anderson didn't run the ball like 50 times that game. Oh, yeah. Like, I, it was just an insane – like, the Patriots ran the ball down the Colts' throats. Mm-hmm. That's what you do against that team. C.J. Anderson, there was also no urgency with the Broncos. Like, C.J. – to me, like, C.J. Anderson was the only guy on that entire offense who really seemed like it was life or death for him. Right. Yeah, you know, like even you saw in that when the Broncos went down eleven, it, they, the team was still asleep. With you know, it was they had a chance yeah. to get a touchdown and onside and three. The team was out. They checked I, out. I think by then they were out of it. But yeah, but when they were down eight before the field goal, yeah, they should have it should have been a help dose of T.J. Anderson, especially knowing that Manning was limited in his abilities. But yeah, if Manning has an injured quad, then why is he throwing that many times? And why are you throwing? You know, seven times deep with him, and C.J. Anderson rushed the ball eighteen times for eighty yards. I, I, he should have had forty carries in that game. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and, that was and, a mess. and their defense no showed. They had no pass rush. Akeem Talib had the same playoff game for them that he had for the Patriots. The two times we lost, the two years before this one. Now you worried? We have two matchups, rematches from Week One. Are you worried Wait. that one of them's avenged? Well, wait a second, though. Where did, you're, obje- you're an objective observer. You were at Shakey's Pizza. I didn't go because Shakey's Pizza Banquet went head-to-head against the Pats, and I was worried about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that rank? Wait, do you think that was a – will we consider that game a classic? Which that one? Game? The Patriots one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think I that, that you're might down, have been a classic. You're down 14 points twice. Yeah. An hour apart, an hour and a half apart to a team that – Pretty much like owns you over the last five years. 
Had yeah. to come back, and, uh, and Brady had his head down. His body language was not great at all. And uh, and just as really, like, embarrassed the Ravens the rest of the way. That was No it. run game, no pass rush. We got – we finally took the uh, Julian Edelman emergency pass play out of the fire extinguisher yeah. case that's been sitting there for seven years. The, that, um, I read today that was the first the first play involving three three white guys in the scoring play uh, in 25 years. <laughs> I thought it was 45 years. It might be 45 years. Yeah. It was, that play was so exciting. And uh, from what I've heard from people at the game, easily the loudest it's ever been at Gillette Stadium. Really? Yeah. Like Like – First of all, because they've never run that play with Edelman before, even as it was happening, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he hits Amendola perfect, and it, it it felt like after they got that, the game was over. And then, of course, it wasn't, and somehow the Ravens kind of fought him off. Right, Flacco is terrifying. He really is. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I wrote about it obviously on Friday, but I don't know what it is about him in it's the playoffs strange. versus. Threading the needle to Owen Daniels. I mean, was it very loud? Was it the loudest it's ever been with a lot of noise? Harbaugh complaining that um, they they played illegally? Well, he, but he, he was wrong. I mean, he had just never seen it before, but they did everything legally. It was, it was brilliant. I know. It was so brilliant that Collinsworth didn't notice it. Yeah. Collinsworth, who, who usually catches everything, they never really knew what the Patriots were doing. They, they, they were just blindsided by it. Only the Patriots can do that. Really, like, like it's going to get to a point where Brady's going to declare himself ineligible, and they're still going to score. Like Brady's ineligible, and so is LaFell and Edelman. It seems wildly illegal, right? It's funny that you can do that formation, but you can't take three steps with the ball and then have it dislodged by a centimeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're in. Maybe because you had such a whirlwind last 24 hours. Maybe like Wednesday, it really sets in and you're just sobbing silently in a I dark room. I think so. I think yeah. so. It's weird being in Texas. It, is very, it was strange waking up here. And uh, and everyone is so depressed. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, 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 I'm not like well, – I really don't want to put myself in the class of everyone else saying, like, that's why we lost the game. There's so many reasons to, to have lost that game. and. um and I, you, pro- I you probably weren't a Super Bowl team with that defense. No, but I did think we were better than the Packers. I really did. We might have gotten spanked by the Seattle, especially having beaten them once. They weren't, we weren't going to sneak up on them. But I, I, I thought we could get one more game. You know, with me, it's like 80% of the relief when the season is over is if Romo didn't screw it up. I just I take I take hell to no end. It's, it's a moral Romo. victory. Yeah, exactly. And he was a tough bastard, you have to admit, yesterday. He's, I thought he was great all season. Yeah. He's one of the best five players of this season. Just a tough guy, too. Just be able to jump up like that. Uh, well, I'm it, I'm glad you're in decent shape mentally. <laughs> no. Just can't, I just can't think. I really am just, just coming to terms with that. We weren't the best team, so this was a nice run. But that's the only way I could deal with it. I'm so disappointed. I was going to... Um, I was as we were talking. I was googling online. I was going to read the Al Michaels written statement that he wrote about that that he read about the Mueller report. I thought we could reenact it, but I can't find it online. Oh, really? <laughs> you heard that? Oh, you were at Shakey's. You didn't hear that? Well, I I saw you tweet. Did you tweet about it? What did you say? I tweeted about it immediately. Yeah, yeah it was it right. was like WWE. I love that. Yeah, and it was great. And they and they were like, well, and the same with blah blah blah. And then it proved that Roger Goodell didn't. Did had or nobody in the NFL had seen the tape, so that's over. 
And then they just skimp over the part that in the Mueller report, it says explicitly that Roger Goodell wrote a memo to all the owners saying they they asked law enforcement for all the available evidence. And then the Mueller report, it's like, actually, he didn't. He didn't ask anyone for evidence. Right. They skimped over that part. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Along with a, a whole bunch of other stuff. But and, it was you know, hilarious. I, I, He's sitting there in the stands with his wife, and it was so clearly orchestrated. Uh, it's like, God, how do we root for this league? And oh I started God. thinking about that, too. And I had money on the Broncos. Everyone did. And I said, you know what? I hope the Broncos lose here. I really do. I don't care. I don't want Roger Goodell to get. What a dream Final Four that would be. You know, whoever came out of the Packers, Cowboys yeah. against Seattle, and then he gets Brady and Manning again. Like, doesn't doesn't seem like it should work out for him this year. I gotta say, it would have been more fun. Apologies, Packer fans, earmuffs. Packer fans, earmuffs. Put your earmuffs on for a second. It would have been more fun if it was Cowboys Seahawks for me, just as a football fan. Yeah, I I, me I feel too. like, and I'm probably underrating Rodgers, who was brilliant in the second half. But man, I I just I find it hard to believe they can go in there with Rodgers on one leg, and oh. and with a mediocre defense that you. Should have, and if you played that team 10 times yesterday, I think you scored 30 points in eight of the 10 times. Yeah, that's kind of it. Now, should we talk about the four possibilities, like the narratives? Like the league wants Seattle, New England, right? That's best case. Um, or you think no, the league, the league can't lose at this point. Yeah. Any, because if even if Indy makes it, then they you get two weeks Andrew Luck and you get to coronate him. Like, Luck versus Russell Wilson is great. Luck, um, yeah, I think it would be Luck versus Sherman with Stanford, two geniuses battling. That's out. great for them. Yeah. Luck versus Rogers is great. You'd be like this: the current best generation QB, and then the next best QB. Brady right. against either team is great. I don't think they can lose with this four. I, yeah. I actually think Manning, if Manning was hurt like that, and Denver had somehow advanced, wouldn't have been good. Yeah, and I think with the Pats would have beaten them. Yeah. Should I, I? It's weird. I feel like I shouldn't be scared of the Colts, but yet their secondary was great in that game, and they're starting to run the ball a little. Like it wasn't like they weren't running the ball like Earl Campbell in the late seventies, but at least they can run it a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Well, you um, have to put pressure on it. I'm worried. I don't even know right now if you told me. I would. I would say Seattle, New England's a nice teaser, a money line parlay for, from a gambling perspective. But right. should think of it a little more. I think at least one of these road teams. Keeps it close, plays with pride, you know, because it, it kind of got blown out. Both got blown out um, in their in their games against these teams. So, well, the Seattle thing. So they lost Richardson, who I, I thought was becoming interesting for them. Yeah. Um, and now it's basically just Baldwin and Curse. Mm-hmm. And Curse, Curse has shown flashes. He's starting to look a little Golden Tate-ish, but um, and then they got Marshawn, obviously. And then they got and the Wilson's other Wilson. Good. They got did this other Owen Wilson. Well, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Did they Owen Luke, Wilson? Luke or Owen Wilson. Sorry, I just saw an inherited vice. But, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't love Eddie Lacy, and I think that's how you have to beat the Seahawks team. You could even see the pieces of it for Carolina mm-hmm. in the first half. Like, they were running the ball really well with Stewart. Mm-hmm. And Cam, and, and there were plays, and it, that was a closer kind of game than it than it felt like for a while yeah. and if Lacey could do basically a better version of Eddie Lacey I'd feel really good about the Packers in this game 
Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if he's that good. Were you, you scared kinda, of Eddie Lacy yesterday? You kind of have a half to beat them, Seattle, because they shut yeah, you down half. in the second half. I mean, they, get, can't, they can't give go up behind. nothing in the second half. They really do. You can't fall behind. We, we, be honest, like, all right, you just rooted against the Packers. Every time they handed off to Eddie Lacy, you were relieved. Yeah, sure, definitely. See, he, he had a, he had a few. He had he broke a few, but uh, I thought he was you know going to get stuff behind the line of scrimmage most of the time. He's just not intimidating. Yeah, and like it's the same thing yeah. with the Colts. Every time they hand off to Boom Heron, I'm going to be excited. Sure, please keep giving him the ball. He, he's doing nothing, and he'll probably fumble. You have to pressure these quarterbacks. That's something. I mean, even the Patriots didn't pressure Flacco in the beginning, and uh, and that's why they were down early. And same with you know why the Cowboys blew it to. The Rodgers can't just let these guys sit back and pick you apart. Well, and also they're going to come after Rodgers. They this Cam Chancellor is out of his mind, mm-hmm. and it's got with him and Sherman and Thomas. Like Jesus, they just feel and the, and the, they have a great crowd, and uh, and Wilson's been playing really smart, really good football for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he doesn't screw up. So we picked this game. We sent each other the the, the lines. Um, yeah, you were really high. I was surprised. Well, I said um, Seattle, Green Bay. I said Seattle would be favored by eight. You what said did I say four. You said four. I was really surprised, and it is seven and a half. Ah, uh, I don't understand that. Well, they just don't lose. I know, but I, I thought the Packers were a public team. So Carolina was got to almost thirteen. It was twelve and a half, right? So right. you have to put it between at least five and twelve. I, I think seven's about right. Seven and a half. I did the uh, Seahawks by eighteen. To, Seahawks will win by eighteen to twenty-one points bet for that game. Oh no! Wait a minute. Yeah, I can't think. Did it work? It didn't well, work. It was it was thirty-one to ten after the Chancellor interception with like five minutes left, and then oh, came right. and drove down for the garbage time TD. Uh, it was like. Twelve to one odds or something. I forget what it was, eight to one or twelve to one or fifteen to one. It was it was high, right? And uh, yeah, so th- yet another reason why nobody should ever do those bets. But yeah, or I felt bet. like they were going to pull away. The difference with the Packers is even if the Seahawks go up by ten or fourteen or whatever, like Rogers is going to be able to come down and get the cheap touchdown. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know. That line seems high to me. I, I think that settles in the five and a half six range. All right. I don't know. I don't you know. You don't agree, uh, huh? Well, you know, they beat them in the beginning of the year, and uh, Chancellor and, and Wagner were, were injured. I mean, it was the best of defense we've seen out of them, and they beat them by almost three scores, right? First of the game. Can I go devil's advocate on you? Go, go ahead, yeah. All right. I'm, hold on. I'm looking up their schedule. All right. These are the last. Uh, wow. Romo beat them in week six. Mm-hmm. Here, here are the rest of the quarterbacks they played. Austin Davis, Cam right. Newton, Derek Carr, Eli at home, Alex Smith, and then here's the stretch when they went nuts. Arizona on the 23rd. I think that was uh, Drew Stanton. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick is just having a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Sanchez... Kaepernick a second time as he's still having his nervous breakdown. Um, I guess Stanton, but he got hurt in that game in week 16. And then Lindley came in. Yeah. Or maybe Lindley started that Lindley, game. Lindley, I think, started, yeah. That was week 16. 
Week 17, Sean Hill. All right. And then last week, Cam Newton, who seems competent and then all of a sudden has five straight horrendous passes. I think I get it. I get it. I'm just saying Rodgers is easily the best quarterback they've played in three months. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. What did you say? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll have to think about that one. Right now, I'm still mad at the Packers. It doesn't even matter. I couldn't even tell you. You just hate the Packers. Yeah. I I hate almost every team now. It's really, it's getting harder and harder to watch football. I I pick up two new teams to hate every year. You sound sad. They need to expand the league. I think you should pay-per-view Blood Diamond tonight. Just kind (laughs) of let it out. Just have a nice cry. Uh, And then India and New England. (laughs) Maybe go see Unbroken in the theater. Or what's that movie? Unbroken. What's the Jolie movie? Yeah, Yeah, Unbroken. Unbroken. Yeah, Yeah, go see Unbroken. Have a nice little cry as he's suffering in the the camp. Well, I'm sure I'll lose enough on this game tonight that I'm going to. So uh, that'll make me cry. Oh, we're going to do a pick for that at the end of this. Yeah. But uh, Uh, the other one, I had Pats by, what did I have, eight and a half? Eight? You had eight? And I said seven, and right now it's seven. So oh, so I went you, you beat me. So that's good. Yeah, Things at least turned I have around. By the way, I, you won for the season. You clinched it last week. And, I know. And I, people... I, played my, I played my second string this week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Very kind. But uh, someone pointed out, I always say, well, we don't bet anything. We did come up with something in the beginning of the year. I don't know why I'm reminding you, but the loser had to hang a picture in his office of something the winner uh, chose. So go ahead. You could think of that. Um, oh, that's right. Give you a week to think of that or whatever. You know what? Maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll go on Facebook and, and post something about it and people can post on the, on the okay. comments on the bottom. Keep in mind, I have little kids running around, so nothing too vulgar. Yeah. So no, no exposed genitalia or anything. Right. Yeah. Nothing. Mm. No Aaron uh, Rodgers naked in a discount double check commercial or anything like that. You hate Aaron Rodgers now. This is this has been the big outcome from this weekend. Yeah, you hate Aaron Rodgers' guts now. I don't. I think he just should have been. You know, he just should have sat out. You know, we we <laughs> we make Dominican Sue cry last week, and you know we did that for Aaron Rodgers, and this is how he repays us. You know, not a lot is made of that that third down. Was it, was it third and twelve with a minute forty three left? If they run yeah. the ball, they're going to punt with you know a minute three. Cowboys have no timeouts. That crazy tip pass that somehow gets the Cobb 15 yards downfield. I mean, crazy, like a helicopter spinning tip, and he still yeah. gets it. And if that's incomplete, you know, Romo's. I, they said they 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 said they were going to punt that ball, so Romo has the whole field to go, you know. But better part of a minute and a half left. Ugh. Speaking of last 90 seconds, mm. we we have to briefly talk about the Pats almost effing up the end of that Ravens game. Oh yeah. To get the ball back with 99 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I, I even did a tweet like on the Denver, like made a joke, like the game's over. There's, there's a minute 39 left or something. Yep. And you, you run a sweep left, you run a sweep, right. They call a timeout, you punt and they catch the punt. The game's over is how that works. Mm-hmm. Belichick apparently fired his his sixteen year old teenage boy who handles all the Madden scenarios for him. Wow! Yeah, does two he they're kneeling down on first down, and I'm I'm kind of I'm texting my dad. I'm kind of half paying attention. I'm like, that's weird. I, I 
didn't think that we were in nail down territory. And then do the second one. And then all of a sudden, Cosworth's like, oh, oh boy. What Cosworth starts doing the oh boy routine. Oh, oh, oh. Well, they're going to punt here. And, and all of a sudden, Jacoby Jones is back. And there's 14 yeah. freaking seconds left. And it, like, how do you screw that up? You had to survive a Hail Mary attempt, but that, that, which is probably 50 50 at that point. Well, they have Torrey Smith, who's. Yeah. I would say one of the four scariest receivers in a hill. I would Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, Torrey Smith, and maybe Brown. Jimmy Graham would be yeah. the four guys I'd be the most afraid of in a hill, Mary. Right. And I, you know, and all of a sudden Gronk's back there, and it's like I, I, I almost, I, I'm not kidding. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> this is, uh, I feel worse for you, but we were at Shakey's. I'm yeah. collecting my trophy. I'm saying goodbye to everyone uh, at our, our banquet. And I see the Hail Mary. Now, the great thing about Shakey's is there's six TVs there. They're all in sync. Like, not one isn't ahead of the other. They're all in sync visually. Yeah. But the audio is coming three seconds for some reason before the video. So it doesn't even matter what we're watching because we're going to hear Al Michael scream one way or another if it's caught or not. We had Powell and Hench and all the Patriots fans just yeah. biting their hands off at that point. The, uh, any highlights from Shakey's? Not too much. You know, I want to say, I think we have to move it because it's getting too nice. They redid it. Oh, no. Yeah. I told you they painted it. Yeah, they painted it. You could go to the bathroom with your with your eyes open. It's um, it's weird. I don't know. It's not, it's not nearly crappy enough for us. All right. No. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So yeah. tonight you have well, tonight, Ohio State, here's, here's the thing. I like uh, either team scores three times in a row. I think there's going to be a lot of points. It could be like 90 points in this game. Interesting. What's, what are the odds on that bet? Well, that's minus, minus 265 or something. I know that, I know it's a little heavy wood, but if you can find something to parlay it with, that's, uh, that's a nice thing. But uh, I think Oregon wins. I think they cover. I think there's too much speed. I don't even think like individual speed. I think like the, the way they play the game is too fast. Um, and I think they cover, although I will say the one thing no one's talking about is Oregon was in session last week, their school. So they only got to practice 20 hours, which includes, like, yeah. watching tape and, 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 work and lifting and everything, where, where uh, Ohio State had, had to run whatever they wanted to do. And I don't even think the Ohio State kids went to class today. I'm going to be honest with you. So what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I feel like they might, have, might not have. Uh... Yeah, I bet they skipped it. <laughs> well. The last thing I want to do before you go, yeah. um, some silver linings, because I know you're down in the dumps. You really mm-hmm. had your heart set on on you and me sitting in different parts of the stadium. That would have been Super Bowl. Yeah. So some silver linings for you. Number one, I feel like Romo's really shed a lot of baggage this year. Thank you. It's, Thank it's you. very reminiscent of, of Drew Barrymore, a kind of – Drew Barrymore, wild child. She's a drug. All this stuff that people would mention her, and then eventually there hit a point where she just became somebody who was in a lot of rom coms. Nice. All right. And I feel like Romo is right there now. He's in the Drew Barrymore, may, probably making fever pitch stage of the Drew Barrymore career. We don't even think about the baggage anymore. Right. He's he just Drew is who Barrymore. He is. If we can get him to Drew Bledsoe, we'll be happy. But right now he's Drew Barrymore. All That's right. That's great. You had a lot of stake with Romo. You you put his name in, in your second son's name. and right. So now that's not a disaster. You don't have to worry about that anymore. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, other silver linings I thought of. Uh, Corolla fired his news girl and replaced her with somebody <laughs> who has gigantic breasts. And that's going to be a really fun subplot for everybody. All right. That's good. I'm excited about that. We've that's already had good. how many emails about that? A hundred? 
There's a lot. There's a lot. Is there news girl Cheetah? Yep. It's yep. great. And then Carol defending it on, on Twitter was awesome. We love that. We have just a lot of emails. He's he's great. I think Carola steps it up this year. I Let think me, Carola's gonna have a career year. Okay. Let me tell you, and that's not over yet. That whole that whole thing. It's not oh, it's over. Not yet. over. I think he has a career year of craziness is ahead of him for this year. <laughs> I think he peaks. Excellent. Um let's see what else. You have Oh, the late night wars is coming. That's going to be great. It's like you're going into battle. Colbert's oh, that's going to CBS. Fun. Like this is going to be awesome. Oh, that's not stressful at all. Yeah, you're right. That is a silver lining. Or It'll a black be fun. No, it's going to take your mind off stuff. Oh, I got you. I see. All That'll right, be yeah. good. Right. All right. We get another war. Late night war. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the mattresses. But I'm here with Baby Doll, and I said he's yeah. nuts. Obviously, our agent who represents Stephen Colbert and yeah. Jimmy. And I said, uh, you and uh, I, I can't even, I want to say Dick Everson. Who's the NBC guy? That, uh, the, why, why am I blanking here? See, the guy who runs mind. NBC? Yeah. Isn't it uh, the guy? No, from... you had him on the podcast. It's great. Uh, SNL legendary. Uh, oh, Lorne Michaels. Lorne Michaels. You have two crazy men from New York running late night between Lorne Michaels and Baby Doll. Really what, terrific. What, did Baby, what was Baby's response to that? He's like, you're right, we are kind of crazy, baby, but you'll see. You'll see. It's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out. But. Can you explain to me why Baby Doll flew from New York City to L.A., landed to so he could then get into a charter plane with you and Jimmy to go from L.A. to Dallas? Well, it's funny because he said, he's like, you're gonna, I'm going to be good this year. I do a thing where I, I rank the characters in my life, and I call it the Character of the Year Award. And he said, you're going to be hard-pressed. He said some hurtful things about one of our friends. And I reported it, and uh, and he got mad. He got very mad at me, baby doll. And oh, he did. Oh, he got very. Yeah, he yelled at me on the phone. Really. So, so he's like, "That's it. I, I you know, I do this to show off for you guys. I'm, you're never going to hear from me again. You'll be hard pressed to give me eighty points, Cody points this year." I said, "Baby, you get eighty five just from flying from New York to L.A. to take a <laughs> charter jet to Dallas. <laughs> How are you going to get 80? <laughs> so. Corolla was the character of the year last year and right. then and then celebrated the victory by immediately getting into some sort of hullabaloo. <laughs> he is this is a, a great I don't I'm, what kind of title defense would you compare this to? This is spectacular, I, right? It really it's Seahawks esque. It's like when the Seahawks yeah. came out for week one and blew You're out right. the Packers. Yep, leaving no doubt. Corolla's in I, he's in a great space. He's he's was the crankiest friend we had ten years ago, and and now has gone to a whole other level, and it's fantastic. God, I'm just sitting here from afar eating popcorn. It's fun. Um, really, fun. because all right, let me plug tonight. a couple of things. Thank you, yeah. uh, Grant, Grantland. Uh, my column on Thursday, I actually gave out some winners this week. Pat, Pat's what? over Pat's over twenty eight points. Seahawks to win the first half in the game, and uh, Demarius Thomas first touchdown for Denver. So we get plus in the Your Majesty's department, and. Uh, Sports Center, I won my best bet with Dallas, plus six. Woo-hoo! And I'll pick the championship games on Sports Center Thursday night and Friday morning. And, uh, oh, if you have a clever sign, come down to the Cowboys Stadium, put a hashtag, uh, L-O-T-B, Lord of the Poster Board, in the corner, and you'll receive uh, the Golden Sharpie Award if, uh, if your sign is deemed clever enough. We probably should have plugged that at the beginning. Yeah, I know. So you know Jimmy's what it doesn't there, matter. And you're you're coming up with the best sign, and it's going to be revealed during the game. That's right. Yeah, no profanity again. But uh, I think by the time this podcast airs, we'll have uh, not not be allowed to clear people with credentials. So it doesn't matter. Oh, is that true? 
Anyway, yeah, I think we have like another hour to do this. Jimmy did Sports Center today. What else did he do? Did Sports Center. I hesitate to tell you. Did Sports Center, did Good Morning America. He did Colin Cowherd and he did my uh, Mike and Mike. Oh, he, what? How dare he? <laughs> I know. No, I, I, I'm fine with those guys. Are you? Okay. I said, do yeah. me a favor. Don't pull me in there because Simmons is going to be upset. <laughs> Probably not going to love that you're doing Well, that's it. like you, you wouldn't have been able to resist. It's like it's, you would have betrayed who you are as a human being. Well, to, that's what he said. He's like, trouble. he's like, you realize you telling me not to come in makes me want to do it 80 times more. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll be outside. So good luck finding me. <laughs> All right. Well, safe travels. Say hello to uh, James Baby Doll, 85 points, Dixon. And, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Good job right. by you. Goodbye. Good job by you. Thanks for cheering me up. All right, buddy. I'll see you, man. See you, buddy. All right. Uh, since that was one of the greatest Patriots wins of my lifetime, we, I thought we'd call my dad. Dad, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. It was, I, um, a, it was a great, great win. Yep. I called... Uh, I called 9-11 during the fourth quarter and just sent an ambulance outside your house just to be safe. I told them, I don't know if we're going to need this, but just can you park outside? Well, Gave you, you know that I, 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 never I, told love you. To, I love to watch the game by myself, but I yeah. kept getting these text messages. Are you still alive? Take more medication. Is your heart pill, are your heart pills nearby? Tape, pretty funny. Type three, letter, type three letters. Type three letters every five minutes. Oh. Yeah, that was that was uh, down fourteen twice, um, and then down three with ten minutes left, and it became clear during that drive that if the Pats don't score at least a field goal, our season's over. I know it felt that way. It was such a terrific drive, but even that drive had that moment of near panic heart attack when uh, until the replay. Well, as soon as they showed the replay, it looked like Barine's knee had hit the, hit the ground before he fumbled, but we didn't need that. I mean, that made it even more traumatic, didn't it? Was that that drive? That was that drive, yeah. Oh, God. That game, that game reminded me of, of a couple of those 04 Red Sox-Yankees games where so many things happened that I just need to rewatch the tape so I can – it's all blending together. I don't even know what happened when anymore. It was like 70 things happened in that game. I know. I think you and I share the same philosophy of – it seems like it's bad karma to tape the game ahead of time. So I don't tape the game. At least I don't tape the game. But now I wish I didn't feel that way because I'd love to watch the whole game without uh, the heart attack feeling because you already knew the outcome. But there were so many. I mean, the two fumbles that we recovered. Uh, for, yeah, that was we had two first half fumbles in traffic. In traffic, you never you never get both of those back. Where it seemed like in each case there were more uh, players from Baltimore surrounding each fumble than there were Patriots. And then we get a third fumble that the guy's knee was down a second before. The guy's knee was about. down. Uh, yeah, we fumbled three times and got all of them back. Exactly. And then we're down to you know, I I, I had a good sense that they were going to come back and tie it for fourteen fourteen, but when they when Brady threw that uh, just terrible pass yeah. at the end of the half, and we've seen that, that pass, I don't know how many times before the end of the first half. Yeah. And uh, you just had a, you just wondered. And then, of course, Belichick always uh, defers. But what happens? We go three and out the first time we have the ball in the second half. It wasn't looking good. 
know? Yeah, it actually reminded me of um, – I was getting flashbacks to the game a couple years ago when Ridley got knocked out and fumbled, and all of a sudden, even though it was in the – it was second half, but with a ton of time left, he kind of had that sinking feeling. Right. And in that game – when when we we had one three and out and I got Ridley flashbacks, I was like, wow, I feel like I've watched this Patriots playoff game before where all of a sudden we're down two scores and we think we're going to come back, but now the other team's driving and we're probably going to lose. But you know, when it was 28-14 and we got the ball back, I have, to, I have to, I mean, I'm watching the game like you and trying to follow everything. And, and I did not pick up what was going on with the four offensive linemen and the, uh, Sal and I just talked about that. I mean, even Collinsworth missed it. I I didn't hear anybody talk about it until later when uh, when the coach obviously got the flag. But right, um, I didn't see it going on except all of a sudden, Human Dumi Dumi or however you say the guy's name <laughs> was wide open like two or three times in a row. It and by the way, no that guy's sense. never open. He's and, never and, open, and but, you're always scared but, when we throw it to him. And, but neither Michaels or Collinsworth explain why he was open. And then you see the replay, because they did show that last night on one of the Boston channels, that yeah. whole sequence where Vereen is running backwards in the backfield, and Humandumi is running, however you say his name, is running wide open down the seam. It was great. Uh, it was just great. It, it, it just had so many variables that game, didn't it? Well, then I was I was just saying to Sal that um, the Edelman pass, which we've never done ever with Edelman, I, I was 100% taken by surprise because we just don't do it. We never have the wide receiver throw that pass. I think we used to – didn't we do it with Deion Branch a couple times? No, we, we did it uh, once in the playoffs way back when when uh, David Patton – That's threw, who it was, yeah, yeah. It was 19 – it was uh, 2001. Uh, David Patton threw it to uh, – to Brown, and uh, we scored a touchdown on it, if I recall. And I, I didn't see that, that play coming time. at all. I didn't, no, I didn't see it coming at all either. Even when he threw it, although as soon as he threw it backwards, maybe one of the announcers picked up on it. Um, I, did, I didn't. It, it was yeah. a nice pass. It was unfortunately probably our best deep pass of the day. Um, <laughs> Brady was really good in that game, and I thought his last drive um, was all-time classic Brady. And especially classic. like at that point, we have no run game at all, and they know it. And right. and he's in the fourth quarter; he's been banged around a little bit. He's on pace to throw, you know, forty-five, fifty passes, and and uh, and they and we'd kind of thrown every trick at them at that point. Uh, did you? You and must he, have realized, or maybe you read it in that in the second half, we didn't hand off to a running back a single time. We were in the ball every four time. Brady, Brady, Brady had, had the, the ball. The sneak yeah. for the first down. Yeah. Brady took the knee three down three times, and uh, that was the extent of our running game. Don't you feel like? I feel like he really needed that game for legacy purposes. We talked about that after after the game. Or just yeah, you and I talked the same about conversation, it. But I felt like he needed it. I, it had been a while. We'd won playoff games, but they'd always been games we should have won. Right. Or they were not all the way satisfying or Brady never had at any point a gun to his head where he had to come through or else. And, and that game had multiple moments like that. And it was the first time I, I, I honestly feel like it was like since that San Diego game, the year when um, they lost to Indianapolis the next round. Right. But when we won in San Diego with basically nobody, it was like Rache Caldwell and uh, Troy Brown 
playing D back, all that stuff. Like that was the last time I remember Brady just pulling a game out of his ass. Yeah, like I think you're probably right. You know, the, one nice thing about the uh, not just that well that drive obviously, but also the whole game. It was it was kind of a dink and dunk game. It was one of the papers described it as an old Charlie Weiss kind of drive when Brady was yeah. really young. Where you know the last couple of years, you and I just we've we've talked about it just shaking our head when we seem to be moving the ball and all of a sudden he takes that shot down the seam or just the uh, pass that makes no sense long. Uh, this whole drive. Well, then in the was, Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Giants game, which we're driving for the Super Bowl clinching touchdown, just misses Welker by a little too much. And there was always right. like that one play where it just kind of flipped. He he was right on that whole drive. Yeah. And he was he was on most of that game, maybe a, one pass here or there, uh, but those those six seven, obviously they were instead of trying to run for six or seven yards, we were passing for six or seven yards. It was a very strange defense they were playing, didn't you think? Where they were so far off the wide receivers. Yeah, well. Somebody had, I think Peter King had in his comp today, the guy that we kept torching the whole game, Melvin. Yeah. 15, 15 and 19 against him for like 222 yards. And oh, two I touchdowns. didn't know that. And so they were just picking on him. And that was the guy who got burned on the Edelman play. Um, the biggest surprise for me was that Suggs and Doomerville did nothing and that our two tackles shut them down. Like, I actually like Nate Solder, but he does give up that one just whiff a game, right? Right. It never happened. Neither no, of those guys happened. ever really hit Brady in a big spot. What, wasn't it uh, Collinsworth even? or, or may, I'm not sure who mentioned it. Maybe it was in, in the uh, post-game show. Where was Elvis Dumerville? I don't think I heard his name called once, did you? He's eliminated, yeah. I mean, I heard Suggs called a couple times, but as he w- I think they said he almost got to Brady, almost got to Brady. The two, yeah. you know, the two sacks they had were, as you probably remember, consecutive plays, and I don't, I think they were interior linemen. They weren't the uh, outside Suggs and Dumaville that got. Them. Yeah, it was their young guy got one of them. He just, he he just put he a manhandled uh, Wendell. Yeah. yeah. I if I'm a Ravens fan, I come out of that game just that's one of the worst losses. Like I felt like that was it was a great win for the Pats, but it was an even worse win for worse loss for the Ravens because. Flacco did whatever he wanted. They ran the ball. Um, we couldn't run the ball at all. You know, we we had the fluke fifty-one yard receiver to receiver touchdown, and right. then that other series where we ran that garbage formation that kept working over and over again. Like you just got to come out of that game, like, oh my god, what just happened? I I, I agree. I, even I think the coaching staff is feeling that way. Every player on that team is feeling that way. Like. What happened? We we won that game, didn't we? We we should have won that game. We could have won that game. It, Flacco uh, made a mistake. Flacco, the Sal and I were talking about the overconfidence throw at the end there to Torrey Smith and double coverage because they just didn't need it. No, they didn't need it. They were they were marching slowly down the field. They had a lot of yeah. time left. They would have gotten a field goal. They just needed to get to the thirty-five yard line and. I think they already were at the 35-yard line, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, one good thing, obviously, was a four-point difference. So oh, yeah. I mean, you weren't worried about the field goal. No, but, I mean, they were inching close. It wasn't they, like they were. No, they were, they it were was inching a weird closer. point of the. I didn't think he needed the throw at the, when he did it. No. 
you, you know, but when I was they showed the replay, when he did it, when they showed the replay, uh, if he had thrown it toward the sidelines, he might have had a chance. Yeah, because uh, the safety couldn't have gotten over that far. Um, well, he and, was due for a bad throw. Great replays of the safety during Duran going up and, and getting that at, at its highest point. So many good things happened in that game, and so many bad things happened in that game. It was a roller coaster, heart attack special. Well, you and I watch every Patriots game, and I knew who Harmon was because I remember when we drafted him, and I remember seeing him out there a couple of times. I can't say I, I can't say I immediately knew who he was when he caught it. It was like <laughs> Harmon. Oh, Harmon! Yeah. Like I'm sure he's played a bunch of snaps this year. I just can't remember one of them. I'm not sure he would have been out there if Browner, Browner right. didn't play the second half. I can't say I was too upset about Browner not being out there in the second yeah, half. It's funny you said that because when they said, the, although you and I they, talk about Logan Ryan a lot too, but right. uh, at least uh, he doesn't, you know, you're worried about that Browner penalty at the worst possible moment. So it wouldn't he have had to it. He got that. it out of the way in the first half. Yeah, he got it in the first half. Uh-huh. Strange game by Revis, but you know you have games like that. Well, when they when we screwed up the clock at the end and it led to the Ravens having a hail mary, that's that's when um, that's when I really almost had a stroke. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, all the you know we talked about it after the game. You, you, you at least on the first down and second down, you even if you're Brady, you you run around the backfield a little bit. I mean, you just you don't have to take the knee. Use three she, or four they should seconds. Have sweep time. left, sweep right. right. You get Jonas Gray, sweep left, sweep right. No, Jonas Gray wasn't active for the game. Oh, you don't get Jonas Gray. No, you, uh, you get somebody who doesn't fumble. Sweep guess, left, sweep right. Uh, poor Jonas you, Gray. Do we do we dust off Jonas this week? Do we take him out of the garage? Well, I mean, it, now it, you know, it was, it, I thought it was a strange decision when I heard about it that they deactivated him for the game yesterday. But obviously now you know why they had no intention of running yesterday. Well, if they had any intention, it went by the wayside when they got behind. Yeah. But we weren't going to run on that team. That that team had such a stout uh, defensive line. But what about next week? You know, we, we chatted a little bit last night about who do we want to win that Denver Indy game. You didn't want Denver to win. Well, now I just read on ESPN that uh, that Manning has a, a torn um, torn quad. So now you retroactively want Denver to win. Oh, I want Denver to win. I, yeah. I, I'm, I want to change my rooting. Maybe it will make a difference. Maybe Denver will, will win it at the end of the game. But that's what I was saying to you on the phone yesterday. But you didn't know his quad was torn. I knew he was hurt. I was just saying that to you. He was yeah. something wrong with him. Or else he just got old overnight. It was one or the other. I but want to I mean, play he, Denver. He I don't want to play Indy. Yeah. But well, hey. Indy's very well coached. Yeah, well quarterback coached. Scary. Uh, but he, the quarterback makes mistakes, though. They have he, a couple he throws good receivers. two or three dumb passes a game. They had no running game when we played them last time. I don't – this Heron that they took off of practice squad. Uh, he, he wasn't terrible yesterday. No, he wasn't terrible. He he wasn't good, but he wasn't terrible. He was at least competent. Hmm. They deactivated Trent Richardson, which is pretty interesting. Right. But um, um yeah, their secondary is good. They they uh we should be able to run on them. We should we be able to run on them time. and we should be able to stop their run. 
I thought that was Denver's big mistake. I don't understand why they didn't run 40 times. Especially uh, if Manny was hurt. That was a dumb game plan by them. It, it, you know, I, I it's funny I said that because I didn't think they could stop Denver's running back. And then I, and I wondered was, how many times he ran. He only, he only yeah. ran 18 times. Yeah. And it, it seemed like every time he ran, it was for positive yardage. So I'm not... It was very sad. You and I have been... Well, I'll speak for myself. Manning has terrified me his entire yeah. career. And it, there was a twinge of sadness watching him last night when those balls were fluttering to the ground. They weren't even reaching the receivers. I agree. Yeah. I felt I felt that same. I felt that weird set that weird sadness every time somebody that we loved going against kind of hit that point. Yeah, because it's like you're you sports hate guys, but you don't really hate people, and it's fun. It was fun to have Manning to go. He was a good foil. I know. Last never night, he ever hated Manning I, again. Yeah. To use the he terrified me. Yeah. Um. He he was he was terrific. He was. Quite an opponent, a great adversary, had the respect of the entire Patriot team. Yeah, it, was, it was a little like Jeter. It was sad I, I to watch him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought um, it reminded me of when Marino lost it in the late 90s, who was the guy growing up that I was the most afraid of. I, I was, yeah, I, I, he was probably He's the still, quarterback. Marino's still number one for me. Really? Yeah. I'll say Brady's number. Excuse me, uh, Manning's number one and Marino's number two, but it's a close. I'm just one saying too. for ter- for terrifying me, Marino. I just felt like when Marino was on, I just felt like we had no chance. Yeah, yeah. I got, but you know what they had in common? They both got rid of the ball so quickly. Yeah, your, your pass rush almost never got to either one of them. So what? What's your hierarchy of best Pats playoff wins now? Not Super Bowl. Because I, I had that yeah. Baltimore game. Second I think the snow game the snow is game. number one. Yeah, um, I agree I, for a lot of reasons. It it was it was at a time when we really hadn't been able to win. Yeah, uh, and not just for the Patriots, but all the teams. That was like our fifteen-year drought. Right, right. It it kind of turned the tide. A call, a referee call, actually went that in we our never favor. Get. It yeah. went, I mean, people were still 15 years, I don't know how many years later, 25. 20 years later, talking about that uh, penalty Sugar that was, was thrown, when was that, the late 70s? It was 76, Sugar Bear uh, Hamilton, rough yeah, the passer. Yeah, people still, you know, when are we ever going to get a call going our way, and finally we got a call. So I'd say that was the number one game, and I'd, I'd put this number two. How about you? Yeah, so... I met, I threw it out there on Twitter, and I actually checked my Twitter replies for once. And some people were mentioning the 06 Chargers game was up there too. I, I think this Ravens game was a more exciting game than the Chargers game. But that Chargers game was pretty great too because remember the Chargers were favored by like six, and Tomlinson was talking all kinds of crap. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. were saying the Patriots were done, and we had nobody, and we just kind of went in there and outthought them. It was like yeah. a classic Belichick win. So that was yeah, up there for me. That's up there. Um, it's hard to think back nine years ago, but yeah. Well, that, and the other, the other great one was winning in Pittsburgh, but that that game wasn't that close. Like we we pretty much in '01 when uh, the Cordell Stewart when uh, Troy Brown was just great. I think he had a 
punt return and like a kick block and he was right. just all over the place but we, we knew we were going to win that game in like the third quarter then well, the other it, good one remember that there was a Manning game when uh it was snowing out and i think they were favored or the line was even and we just like the pats defense just manhandled the colts right well, cer- certainly then we'll put it top five all time i think it's second non- when you think about me, all the stuff me, that happened yeah, yeah. For, me, for me it's second um, also, I think the 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 Edelman to Amendola play is kind of an iconic Belichick era play. It it it, it just it came at the perfect time, and we really needed it. Yeah, you was, know? I don't know who called it, whether it was Belichick or McDaniel, but the timing couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, so many times we've watched the Pats over the years, and you always felt like they were playing playing it straight. You know, just going vanilla and not pulling out everything they could and not throwing the kitchen sink. And I thought that Ravens game was a total kitchen sink game. I think they were really worried about I, – I think they knew they weren't going to be able to run the ball. Right. And they knew they were needed, like, at least a B-plus and possibly even an A-minus from Brady. And I think they knew they were going to have trouble stopping the pass game. And I think they went into it thinking, we need, like, two major wrinkles here, you know? Like we we need to come up with we we actually need to swing the game with a couple of plays we've never done in our lives. I, I think if I think if they had the lead, they would have saved both of those situation plays uh, for maybe yeah, a, a future situation that that called for it. But uh, they interviewed a couple of Baltimore players uh, after the game, and one player was rather bitter saying yeah. that they, they couldn't beat us straight up. They had to oh, go to the gadget. I mean, well, there's some sense of truth to that. We, we were desperate, you know. Uh, yeah, they were great plays, but if we haven't seen that halfback option play in 14 years, we were desperate. But what a great time to use it. Well, that's definitely our best rival now, especially I think Manny's going to retire. It's not just Manning. I, they were just saying on uh, one of the channels that I think they have seven, six, seven, or eight free agents. And, yeah, they have to gut their team. And, uh, you know, we, we knew we, with all the money they were spending on free agency that they were managing the cap differently than the Patriots. Yeah. Well, now they're going to pay the piper. They really went for the Super Bowl this year. Uh, it's a random, it's different situation because the cap is so much different than the NFL. But it the, the Manning era in Denver reminds me of when we had KG in Boston and we knew it was three years. Right. right? We knew, we knew there was a window. We stretched the three years hoping to get to five. If you got lucky, but you knew it was a three year run. And then after anything after that, you have your, you know, and we won in 08. The 09 team was better. KG got hurt. 2010. I still don't know how we didn't win. Right. And then 11 Rondo goes down. And 2012, get we get lucky, but LeBron just puts on a Superman cape, and then the air is over, and that's it. And now right. the Celtics are where they are. But I think Denver's at that point now. Well, I, I guess if if he does retire, the one benefit Denver will receive is some cap cap relief, because I think right. he, he's going to count I think 19 million dollars against the cap next year. But on the other hand, uh, they built their team around Manning. Yeah, uh, and you have both Thomases. I think are free agents. I don't know about Walker as well. Uh, or maybe use the Manning money to re-sign all those guys. And then you go pay Brian Hoyer. 
Good luck with that one. Yeah, good luck with that one. I mean, the the it will be a different team. They they you know, reading the uh, preseason forecast, this Denver team was built to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and like the 2008 Celtics, they should have won in that first year and, and would have, I think, if, if uh, Flacco doesn't complete that crazy play that the Denver safety kind of took the wrong angle on. Right. And, and then they get played, that play, I think Denver wins the Super Bowl. They obviously played very, they played poorly or got very much outplayed in last year's Super Bowl, too. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't know about John Fox. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe he took a hike, too. Maybe. He, was, he got really badly outcoached twice in a row. Hey, quickly in the Celtics. Um, trick or treat. Jeff Green was finally traded. He had a he had a long four year history of being tormented by him. Uh, any last words for Jeff Green? Well, I have, I have mixed feelings because for so many of us who hated that trade the day it was made, Perkins, and, and yeah, and felt like we gave up what what I think was a good chance at the title that year when we. Trading yep. Perkins, and then we had to listen to all the garbage from Danny Ainge about how he was going to build the team around Jeff Green. You only had to see him a couple times, where you saw the good Jeff Green and the disappearing Jeff Green, to know this this guy wasn't somebody you built the team around. Yeah, you know, he, he was he was too much trick or treat. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can't say I'm sorry at all to see him go. Um, it's a very strange team we're left with. Uh, we have so many draft picks, uh, but none of them are really going to be top three draft picks. So you really have to get pretty lucky, I think. But I'm not, sorry. I'm not sorry that I won't be sitting there watching Jeff Green anymore. Yeah, nice guy. I, th- I liked yeah, him. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. He, I think he was he a little miscast. the heart issue and all yeah. that. But I think he was miscast. I think... On this Memphis team is actually a great fit for him. It looks and, like a great fit. Yep. Yeah. And th- here's the thing, like, because I had some Memphis fans who were sending me the advanced stats for Jeff Green, and he's not even that good and all that. I, what you need to understand about Jeff Green, if there are any Grizzlies fans out here out there listening, um, and there there might not be, but uh, the thing with Jeff Green is he's he's hit or miss. He's trick or treat. And if he's your fifth or sixth best guy, he's actually a great guy to have on your team because there's going to be a game in a playoff series. Well, he'll, he'll come in and he'll score 30 points. Right. You know, and he'll win the game for you. And then if he doesn't win, you don't need him anyway. If he stinks the next game, that's fine. He's your sixth best player. Well, I he's also not, think he's not uh, steady. Don't you think on a good team, he's going to get a lot of Jeff Green garbage points? You know, he's a, he's a terrific athlete. Uh, when right. he has a lane to the basket, uh, I mean, he can sky. He he uh, he's hard to defend. Yeah. But he was our number one option offensively. I looked at the uh, Memphis box score this morning because they won a game yesterday, and he might be the fourth or fifth option. It's great. He, he could do tremendously on that team. I, agree. I don't know if he's going to start. Maybe they put Tony Allen back on the bench, or maybe Jeff Green is the sixth man. But I think Memphis made a good trade. I really like that trade for them. I didn't think they gave up a lot. And he can play a small forward, and he can play a small ball four. He's a good enough athlete that he's he can help you defensively. Yeah. He makes threes. Like his threes, his three-point shooting percentage was like 34% or something for us. But you and I watched those games. Like a lot of those threes were threes you had to take with four seconds left in the shot clock because your team sucks. And right. 
They want high have percentage a, shots. I have a Jeff Green prediction. We're going to be watching him in the playoffs with Memphis, and he's going to do some really positive things, and people in Boston are going to be saying, why didn't he do those things for us? Right. Uh, well, because he's going to be in a situation where he gets to pick his spots to do exactly. those things, which is who he is. Yeah. I think he's going to do really well for them. And uh, and I also think um, that that's the kind of guy you want on a playoff team because they had Tayshaun Prince who was finished. Like that guy, you know, he, he, he was a zero for them. So any just him not being Tayshaun Prince is good. But I think they're going to make the finals. But, you know, it's another example. We're getting a first-round draft pick from Memphis. Right. It's probably going to be somewhere between 23 and 28. You, you know, you, you you can't build your team, your future team around draft picks in the 20s. No, so, but I I think Danny's philosophy is pretty simple. I think he, he's all about assets. And if each time he's made a trade, he's felt like I'm getting better assets coming in than what I'm giving out. And if he, they thought Green was leaving this summer... He had an opt-out clause, so he's going to go. And they get a pick, and they're just stockpiling these picks. And when they're ready to make a run, people, those picks are really valuable. Like you look at um, Cleveland, it took two for (laughs) – Cleveland ended up paying more for Mozgov than Dallas paid for Rondo. Yeah, which is so strange, isn't it? You just don't – yeah, you don't know what the market is, and those picks are like currency. So I like where we're at. And I got to say, like watching them over the weekend – they didn't really miss Jeff Green that much, you know. That was a guy that we it was in the last two minutes. I don't know what his shooting stats are, but did you ever think he was going to make a shot in the last minute when we were down one? He was the leader in the league of getting a great shot, but it rolling off the rim and going out. Yeah, he had a lot of shots that bounced twice twice off the rim and then fell to the ground. What do you think of Evan Turner? Yeah, you know, I'm more of a fan than I thought I would be. Uh, Me too. When he plays point guard. He he's a real team oriented guy. Makes some really nice passes. A couple turnovers here and there, but he has a really nice fifteen uh, foot little jump shot he makes. Um, I don't like to see him shoot the three, so he doesn't really shoot it that much. But I think if he stays within himself, uh, he's better than I thought he was. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I was emailing with Harala Bob, my uh, my friend who's a gambler who's been on this podcast before, who's not an Evan Turner fan and none of the advanced metrics back up Evan Turner. Um, but watching him, we're just watching the games. I do think he's one of those guys that when he has the ball, he needs the ball. He needs to always have the ball. And when he's like used as the point guard slash distributor, he, he kind of does become a team guy. I don't right. think he's somebody who should be in the corner. Or no, not the, and that's, that's where he's had problems. If he gets stuck in the corner, I always watch, you and I always watch something else too, the, and I talked about this before. I think on the podcast, the huddle. When Jeff, yeah. when um, Evan Turner is not in the game, he's listening to every word that's going on, that's being said between the coach and the players, or vice back and yeah. forth. I mean, he, he. I just think he's a team guy. Other players seem to like him, uh, and he's competitive. He's competitive. Yeah. Uh, he, he's. Uh, I guess. You know, I don't think he should have been the number two pick in the draft that year, and maybe that really hurt him. He had to live yeah. up to a an, an expectation that was unfair. But I like him on the team. Um, well, I'm you know what's interesting? Yeah, I I do think he's a point guard, but he's not somebody who could guard the other team's point guard. 
So you kind of need to put him with the right kind of fit. And right. the Celts are playing him as a point small forward. And they're playing him with Marcus Smart and Bradley. So Turner's handling the ball, which is great because those, you know, Smarts might end up being a point guard, but he's not there. And Bradley's not a point guard. Right. And then right. on the other side, he's guarding the other team's small forward. And it kind of makes sense. It's interesting. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to miss Jeff Green. Um, I actually, I want to see those three guys play together for about a month and see if there's something there. I, I don't think they're going to miss Jeff Green. They're going to miss that one game in every seven or eight games where he scores 25 to 30 points out of the blue. Yeah. And then the next game, you look at his box score, and he's got four points. I think so, Grizzlies fans are going to be surprised at how how good he is when he's good. Especially he's like good. if you go to the games in person, yeah. he looks like James Worthy in person. You're like, oh, my God, this guy should – Jacoby always talks about this. This right. guy should be one of the best guys in the league when you watch him in person. But he's just – something's missing. Anyway. I don't know what it is that's missing. There's a fire – there's a burning fire that is missing uh, to make him go 100% every single moment of the game. Are you now every, rooting every against game. the Celtics? Huh? Are you rooting against the Celtics now? No, I'm not rooting against the Celtics because uh, I'm afraid that the coach is going to have a nervous breakdown. He he looks frazzled all of a sudden. Uh, That's he, the thing. I'm, I'm always rooting for us to win because I, I just I, – I, Especially I wake up on West Coast time, so I'm three hours behind you, and I'm just waiting to wake up that one morning and be like, Brad Stevens has accepted the Indiana University job, or Brad Stevens is now the new coach in North Carolina. I don't think he likes losing at all. Not that anyone likes losing, but he's trying to – that's the funny thing is, like, he's trying to win all of these games. Like, he's really – and I think he he goes to sleep at night, and he's like – and he's thinking to himself, like, oh, man, I shouldn't have diagrammed that play for Marcus. I should have right. gone to Avery. You know, like, I think that's how he's wired. I, I agree with you. And, and and as we've watched every year, the ping pong balls, you know, it's such a crapshoot. And you can have the ninth worst record and get lucky and get one of the top three picks. So they're not going to make the playoffs, I don't, I don't think. They're going to be in the lottery again. Uh, I'd like to see them try to win every game. And, well, I think uh, it's the perfect team because they play really hard. I like every single person on the team, and they they have just enough non talent that they blow games in the last two minutes every every game, basically. Yeah, unfortunately, kind of the perfect lottery team. And once in a while, they like the other night, uh, they did win the game. Uh, so I'd like to see them. You know, I'd like to see the coach win enough games that he doesn't. He doesn't get disheartened. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll work on it. I'll work on it from my end. Okay. I'll send him some. I'll send him some nice emails. Um, well, you should have, months, him, you have, him on, the, have him on the Grantland Basketball Show. I'm I'm dying to have him on the Grantland Show. I don't think he wants to really do a lot of press when the team's losing eighty percent of their games, though. Well, that that's a good point. Did you well, give up one on the final Bruins point. season? Are you looking forward to watching Doc Rivers' son play for your hometown team? <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's 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 scripted somewhere. It's it's not. I don't think it's great for anybody involved. <laughs> I don't think it's great for anyone, but it's going to happen. He's, he's going to be your six man coming off the bench, and your your team is very erratic. You're you're. Can I ask you something? Be honest. Would you rather see Austin Rivers play these minutes for the Celtics or Phil Pressey? 
Yeah, Austin Rivers. I'm, I don't I'm understand. Not, Why aren't we just keeping Austin Rivers? Well, I guess he's a free agent. He's unrestricted. Okay, right? let's take a look at him. He's 22. He was supposed to be the number one pick in the draft four years ago. Yeah. Uh, there's been no talk of keeping this, keeping him on the team. It seems like they've already had a deal in place. Well, it's funny because you know there's both sides will deny it to the death, but there's still a lot of bitterness about how Doc left from both sides. They've all taken the high road, right? But it is funny now that they're kind of, they they're kind of in control of his son's future. Well, it's, the other, it's this it's little kind of, like little tiny nipple twist. A little bit, but you know, he, two years ago he was the tenth pick in the entire draft. Yeah. And now we're looking to get a second round pick for him. It's kind of weird. Do you, do you want to talk at all about um, the fact that we took Juwan Johnson over Jimmy Butler or no? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to, I will say that, and I, I'm pretty sure I called you when I got home that night. The, yeah. the first, when I went to Juwan Johnson to his first game as a Celtic, yeah, you called me and you wrote him off. I might have texted you like five minutes into the game when he yeah. got in, onto the floor. Uh, there was nothing there. I, I don't, you know, and I, and maybe that is my segue to my final point. Yeah. That's the thing that worries me about Danny Ainge and having all these draft picks. We've made some terrible choices. Uh, it, you know, young and smart, I like. It remains to be seen what kind of careers they'll have. But put them aside. We've had some terrible choices prior to those two. You like Olenek and Sollinger, though. You, you know, told me, I do you like told me over Thanksgiving that no, you, you I, wouldn't trade. I like trade... them both. I like them both, but they're all complementary players. They're, you know, they, unless you surround them with, unless you get lucky with one or two of your picks, and unless you stop blowing some of the other picks that you have. Like well, you're Juwan just, you're Johnson. holding Fab Mello and Juwan Johnson against them. You like the Avery Bradley pick. I'm not a big Avery Bradley fan. Can I ask you something? I'm so tired of watching him take jump shots. True or false, when you were here for Thanksgiving, you told me you wouldn't trade Jared Sollinger for Kevin Love. <laughs> I did? It was probably. I think it was a senior moment. Oh, okay, because right, we had a whole conversation. As I, I repeatedly I told you, you're moment. crazy. See, I, see, at my age now, anytime I make some stupid comment or you just say you're old, it, it was a senior moment. It's a great excuse to have. True or false? You, you could, as we argued about it, you compare Jared Sollinger to Paul Silas. <laughs> well, I do like the way that he carves out uh, space under the basket. Okay. So I think you like Danny, more Danny Ainge draft picks than you think. We're fine. <laughs> Um, we're watching the Pats Colts game together this weekend. I'm really which, looking um, forward to my trip to Los Angeles. Uh, it would have been, I would have still enjoyed coming out there, obviously, but it would have been different if we had no game to watch on Sunday. That meant something to us. So that, this is going to be great. Yeah, yep. it. Uh, we we have a pretty good history of watching the Pats together. The one time was um, the game where Ridley fumbled. We watched that one together, and that didn't turn out very well. Yeah. This time around, it's going to be me and you, Seriously, and, and my half naked son. Every once in a while, wandering in, and and, you, and you're the new dog that's taken over the house. The new dog that's taken over the house. Yeah, yeah. it'll be the four of us. Okay, sounds um, good. All right, we'll see you this weekend. Congrats on a great Pat's win. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you. Bye. All right. So I get to sign off. 
Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.